0: I think the one thing that a lot of event or maybe community leaders aren't necessarily considering is how, you know, hybrid doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, simultaneous simultaneously live, you know, on-site and virtual.
1: Yeah. You can
0: have your live flagship event, but you can use a virtual event platform to drive engagement in between the events.
1: Hello and welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is Isar Metis, your host. And the person you listen to is Chrissy Gao. She is an expert on events because she works in a company that has a tech SaaS platform to run events, both virtual and live events. And since events are coming back big time on the live world, and we've been on virtual events for two and a half years now, and it seems like forever, it's a great opportunity to have a conversation on what do you need in order to run a successful event and what are the pros and cons of running a virtual event versus a live event, or a hybrid event in which you do a live event, but also allow people to participate virtually. Fascinating conversation, very timely conversation, because events are an amazing way to grow your business, create a community, which could really be the differentiator between you and your competition. Growing a business is tough. Believe me, I know. I'm a serial entrepreneur with three startups behind me, one went public the second busted because of bad decisions by the ceo that was me by the way and the third grew to 100 million dollars in sales as part of a larger company that got sold it took me 20 years to learn how to do it right but now i'm on a quest to get you there much faster i'm hosting senior business leaders entrepreneurs and world-class experts Together we search for gold, strategies, systems, processes, and practical tips that you can implement to grow your business. You will hear fascinating business stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator! Hello, and welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is a special episode that I'm doing live from CLIX, which is a conference that is in Memphis done by CLI, which is the Community Leadership Group. And I'm doing this in partnership together with them, as well as with the B2B Community Builder Show, as well with my partner, Pablo Gonzalez. I'm here today with Chrissy Gao, who is our guest, and she's going to tell you about who she is and what is she doing today.
0: Hi, thanks so much for having me on today. So I'm the director of, a, of a marketing at a B2B SaaS company called Event Mobi. We are an all-in-one event management platform, and we power in-person virtual and hybrid events for event planners around the world. We have offices in Toronto, Berlin, and Manila. We started life as an in-person event management company back in 2010, and of course, in March 2020, we had to necessarily evolve our platform to include a virtual component to help our customers continue to engage their audiences remotely.
1: Awesome. So for those of us who do not know what's a event management platform, what does the platform do?
0: Yeah. So it's a home for all of your conference content. So if it's, if you're running an in-person event, you know, we provide you with an event app that gives you, you know, an event agenda to highlight your speakers, your sponsors, to help attendees, to know where to go, what to do, where to access important documents and links. And, you know, it's a, it's a great way to communicate with your attendees in real time. So give them, you know, send them important updates, notifications, and announcements.
1: Okay. So basically everything around the event happens there. Like if I want to be a part of the event, that's where I would sign up. This is where I find all the information. Who's speaking where at what time, which break rooms, all these kind of things.
0: You got it. Yeah. And so for virtual conferences, it's a little bit different. This is where all of your live stream and video content will be hosted as well.
1: Oh, okay. So that also replaces Zoom or whatever other platform that people are using.
0: Exactly. So you can have all of your conference content in there, your documents, your links, your important resources, as well as your live streams and your on-demand content.
1: Interesting. So what about like the presentation content and stuff like that? Can that be posted there as well? Yeah. after every
0: exactly. Yeah. So once you, if you were running a live session, live stream session, that you could automatically download it and it will be uploaded into your content library. So people could watch it on demand in their own time as well.
1: Interesting. Okay. So I think we understand that concept, but we are in a community building conference right now. So how do events and communities play together in the most effective way?
0: Yeah, so I think events are a really important part of a year round engagement strategy. And I think it's sort of a buzzword that's going around this event, but really, you know, it's an opportunity to, you know, have face-to-face conversations as well as sort of one way, you know, one way content presentations to keep your audience engaged on a monthly or quarterly basis outside of discussion boards and forums.
1: So what is, okay. So here's, here's a question for you because you said it's, it's a part of the overall strategy and I agree with that. What do you think is the main role of an event within that strategy, right? Because a strategy has a lot of reasons for you to create different things and different engagement opportunities. What is the role of an event versus just the regular ongoing stuff that companies do to engage with their audiences?
0: Yeah, so it's, well, first and foremost, you need to, you know, it's an opportunity to educate, entertain, and excite your, you know, your members, but it's also an opportunity for you to share your You know, your community's sort of brand messaging, you know, your unique identity. And if you, you know, if you use a platform like ours, it allows you to sort of go beyond the sort of Zoom experience where. I think it's very challenging these days to expect people to want to go to another, you know, another Zoom webinar, for example. So a platform like ours, you know, it's completely customizable, fully brandable. You can design beautiful pages. So if you've got, you know, a unique brand identity, it's an opportunity to offer a more immersive event experience.
1: Absolutely. So. Let's talk a little bit about the differences between the things you need to prepare and the things you can benefit from a community engagement perspective between live events and virtual events. So if you're, because you're doing both, you're obviously an expert on both because you're helping multiple companies do this. What are the pros and cons of a live event versus a virtual event?
0: Well, I think what what a lot of our customers found over the pandemic was that, you know, there was the obvious benefit of being able to invite a global audience to their, you know, maybe if it it was an annual meeting, for, for example, you know, they were seeing attendees coming from places that they maybe even didn't even realize that they had, you know, interested interested parties. So obviously extending their reach was a huge opportunity. And a lot of our customers don't want to lose that remote audience. So that's where a hybrid event comes into play. And I think there's a bit of a misconception that hybrid events have to be extremely complex and expensive and hard to plan. But, you know, I think it's 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 not as straightforward as simply live streaming your main stage speakers. You know, so you see like sort of a, a distant speaker off on a stage speaking to an audience that is very clearly not you. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we have a, a, a production team that will take live stream con- that will take the the main stage content and reformat it for a for a remote mm-hmm. audience. So that's sort of using you know maybe a closer crop and the branded overlays and exciting transitions and essentially re- repackaging and reformatting it yeah. right for the virtual audience.
1: And you're doing this live, right? So it's happening like a live TV show. Yes. So it's as if you and I are speaking right now. Somebody can see us on the other side of the world but they will have the brand around it and the lower thirds with our names on it and stuff like that.
0: Yes, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: That's really, really cool. So, but that's a service that's on top of the platform, right? That's just another thing that happens in order to make this events. I want to ask you a follow-up question to this because you said the biggest benefit is reach, right? Beyond geography and obviously cost, right? So yes. running a virtual event is significantly cheaper than running an actual event where you need to rent the event space and catering and electricity and union people and a lot of other stuff that comes with running with running an event. What are still the benefits of a live event over a virtual event? So virtual event we know it's cheaper and you can invite anybody on the planet and they don't have to fly there and stay in a hotel. What are the benefits of the live events?
0: I mean you know, the most obvious thing would be the opportunities for unexpected face-to-face interactions that are much easier in person than they are, you know, maybe on a, on a virtual event platform. Obviously you can connect with people with live chat and one-on-one meetings, you know, interactive breakout rooms, of course, virtually, but you know, when you're in person, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to meet people that you might not have been connected with via a virtual platform.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think what makes it interesting, and I think that's more of a lesson, I've obviously, we've all been to many, many events, both, well, mostly virtual in the last two years, I must admit. And there's people who figured it out, and there's people who didn't. And I think a lot of people who figured it out are creating these opportunities to do exactly that, right? They're trying to create a scenario in which there's smaller rooms, like breakout rooms for people to, to really get to know each other. They really encourage people to introduce people to other people. They find ways to gamify. So one of the conferences I go to regularly and I'm a speaker there is PodFest and they've had, they're finally going back face to face. So has actually one happening in May for the first time in two years, but in their virtual stuff, they they gamify the participants, right? So you get points for sharing for introducing for writing content for being active in the conference and people literally play the leader's board like people want to be ahead in the thing so there are ways to really bring a little more of the live experience but i agree with you there's nothing like the face-to-face having dinners with the right people shaking hands bumping into people joining conversations which is very hard to replicate in the digital
0: yeah for sure I mean we definitely you know we we have a gamification tool in our platform and you know it's at, at virtual events as well people are typically very active and of course it's a great way to do things like drive people to virtual sponsor booths and and also you know to connect them with other attendees and you know, or make sure they go to the right sessions, etc. You know, I think the one thing that a lot of event or maybe community leaders aren't necessarily considering is how you know hybrid doesn't necessarily have to mean you know simultaneous simultaneously live you know on site and virtual. Yep. You can have your live flagship event, but you can use a virtual event platform to drive engagement in between the events. So, you know, if you have a gamification challenge, you know, it doesn't need to start, you know, necessarily on the day of your flagship event, you could run it in the, you know, the months running up to it to sort of drum up excitement and drive registration, things like that.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a, a follow-up question to, to this whole concept that I'm sure you, because you work with so many events, what are the keys to make an event successful? And I know success could be measured in multiple ways, right? But what are the keys to make a successful event And if there are differences between live and virtual, then please highlight them. But if not, just state what it is.
0: Sure. Well, first and foremost, it's, I think, all about the content. So, you know, the content has to be relevant, timely and engaging, and it has to be entertaining. Now, I think we're just like fully overwhelmed with so much content, particularly online content, that you do need to, you know, make sure your content stands out. You know, you also need, you know, a great virtual event or any event for that matter should be, you know, branded, immersive, and exciting. So you know if you're on site, of course, that's your venue, that's your decor, that's your food, et cetera. And then virtually, you know, it's the same same sort of concept. You know, your your virtual event platform is your is your venue in a sense. So you have to make sure it reflects, you know, your event's theme, your organization, etc.
1: Got it. So you're saying it's about creating the experience, right? That's that's the number one thing. Yeah. What about finding the right attendees, like, how do you make that work for you? And again, is there a difference in virtual versus live?
0: So at a live event, you know, obviously an event app can help you do that. You know, here we've we've been using an app and I've connected with a lot of really cool people, you know, in a variety of different roles. And it was fairly simple. They were suggested to me, or I could scroll through the people list and, and choose who I wanted to speak with. At a virtual event, the same thing. I've had, you know, mixed, I've mixed feelings about things like speed networking online or AI based matchmaking online. I often find the recommendations aren't necessarily on point and particularly speed networking online. I found a little bit challenging. It's often, you know, difficult to have any conversations of real value when you're sort of thrown in front of a random person, you might not have necessarily been the best recommendation, you know? So I feel like Face-to-face, there's a lot of opportunity, better, better opportunities for impromptu conversations with maybe, you know, people that you would meet by meet by chance or in a session. And then virtually, you know, I I certainly have more success, you know, looking at people lists and looking at the, the list of attendees and simply searching by job titles and, you know, who I'm looking for, who I'd like to speak with.
1: Interesting. So I think that's just a great tip for anybody who participates in events is... A big part of the event is obviously the networking part of it and connecting with relevant people, whether it's face-to-face or digitally. And what you're saying is do your homework and come prepared and spend the time going through the list of people because it will allow you to maximize the time at the event.
0: Yeah, it's best. I mean, if you're coming to a live event, you know, you probably want to start like a week ahead going through the list and trying to set up the meetings and, you know, just, or at least, you know, having the opportunity to say hello and hope to see you on the show floor, for example. (laughs)
1: Thank you. This was really interesting. I think there's a lot of great takes from this to people who are either thinking about putting events together or that know they will and just looking for ways to maybe do the hybrid thing, which is a big deal. I really think that more and more events are going to go hybrid just because of what you said, like people don't necessarily want to travel. While before the pandemic, we didn't think that's an option. Like, okay, I got to travel to go be a part of the event. Now I think more and more people understand they don't have to, and it just gives companies, the opportunity and an event organizers, the opportunity to do something that serves a bigger audience, not necessarily multiplying the cost, right? Because adding virtual people is significantly cheaper than I that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If people want to connect with you, follow up with you, learn more about what you're doing or what the company is doing, what's the best way to connect
0: with you? Yeah. Them? Connect with me on LinkedIn. My profile is Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y, Gow, G-O-W. Otherwise, eventmobie.com. I'm reachable through an easier form there.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you
0: for having me.
1: Really great conversation with Chrissy. Events could play a very big role in helping you connect with your audience, build a community, and learn the real needs of your audience while providing the value. So it's definitely something you should consider as part of your overall marketing strategy. I recorded this episode as part of the CLIX Summit in which I was a speaker, but we also had a mini interview studio that we provided as a service to the summit in which we interviewed many of the people that participated and many of the speakers. So if you want to learn more about community creation for businesses, how can communities support your business, as well as tactics and strategies on how to do that, you should check out multiple episodes that are recorded over there. First one is episode 129 with Rebecca Marshburn. She's the head of community at Common Room. They're a platform that enables you to track the performance of what's happening in the community, The next one is 130, which I did with Patrick Woods, who is the CEO of Orbit, which is the competition of Commonwealth. It's another platform that you can check out with both of them. The conversation is not about the platform, but it's about how to build and run successful communities and different tips on how to do that effectively. The next one was 131 with Rachel Silvano. She's one of the people running the community for Zapier. Yes, the Zapier. So millions of people in the community, lots to learn from her on how to keep things, personal, while you're still scaling the community. Episode 132 is just a recording of my keynote speech from that conference. It is called More Than $40 Million in Direct Revenue Through Community Building, a Detailed Business Case and Playbook. So if you want to learn how to implement a community strategy with all the little details on how we are doing this for clients, you should check that one out. And last but not least, episode 138, which Pablo, my business partner, and I are sharing the five things you need to know about community for business based on the Community Leadership Institute Summit. So it's a summary of everything we've learned during that summit, both from the speakers and the people we engage with and companies which are there. It can provide you a great overview of what's happening in the world of community creation for businesses these days based on the latest event that happened on that topic. And until next time, have an amazing week. Your business growth is my number one priority in this podcast. To do that, I want to bring the biggest names that I can and get you practical tips as frequently as possible. And you can help. Visit Apple Podcasts right now, subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. And if you want my number one tip for business growth acceleration, visit growthaccelerator.biz right now.